Welcome in, welcome in to Let's Rage Kooks presented by the Lathering Law Firm coming off the heels of the final football game of the 2023 season for the Houston Cougars football team. They fall to the UCF Knights 27-13 to 13 in the battle for Space City. Can we, uh, can, did that ever pick up steam? And a, um, Chris, I guess we get, we got to say it, I mean very subjective but I, I would classify this game as an uncompetitive certainly from the second half onwards as an uncompetitive game there's a lot to, of work to do um it was not pretty would be the understatement of the century and i think the perfect <laughs> the <century>. drive <laughs> the perfect drive that encapsulates it is when they took over on downs after UCF turned it over around midfield. Houston, they came really close to turning the ball over. That way with a fourth and two, they have a false start, pushes them back to fourth and seven. Um, give credit to Joseph Manjack. I mean, and I know there's, there's been a lot of negativity around the season just in the way it's gone, but he's been one of the consistent uh, players all season long as we bring in Dayon Dunlap. Hey, Dayon, uh, nice. What's nice up, man? You heard looking at it. Yeah, I like it. Pretty cool. Uh, but I, I digress. Um, talking about Joseph Magic, he's been one of the bright spots. You know, he come up, they make the big play. They get down to you know, first and goal. And I, after a penalty by UCF, they get into first and goal from the four-yard line. And then, God, it seem like <laughs> numerous, numerous false start penalties. They just keep pushing back, pushing back. They cannot score, and they end up settling for field goal. And that right there, it was already a long shot for them to be able to come back regardless. But that right there pretty much killed it. And that sequence it, was so sad and so sad to watch. Overton going crazy on the sideline. They come out and run a run play. <laughs> Fourth, what, what was it, third and 17, third and long? Yeah, yeah. Even the broadcast. All of it, all of it. Yelling and all that, followed by a run play. That just shows that yeah, that's crazy. No confidence in your quarterback. No confidence. With like, just that was crazy. That was a crazy. I mean, we've got like a lot of comments from the folks already tuning in <laughs> the last raid Cougs. But really, he was so mad at what his players, his coaches, whoever that he says, "Hey, I'll show y'all. I'm gonna call running play after the third and 17. <laughs> oh man, it was just the three false starts on the drive going backwards. Yeah, it's just. But the quote he said to radio after the game, no one is happy going four and eight. No one's happy not going to a bowl. We have a lot of work to do. Well, we all we agree on that. But Tomendez says if Dana comes back, we'll expect to have no season ticket sales and your current season ticket holders to not come back. Mr. Smith, just embarrassing finish. After the Texas game, Ram, this is pitiful. On and on, you get the idea. Here's one. 
two scoreless quarters. Where is the <laughs> offensive genius? That part. That's it. That part right there, for real. <laughs> Third and long, they go with a quarterback run. And, oh, my goodness, a run. That's what the broadcaster said. They left him dumbfounded. He did say that. You're right. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> um. Well, judging from the comments, there's no no confidence. This might be you – know, Chris, you can certainly um, talk more from experience, but has there ever been a point where the football program has been – confidence, at least, when it comes to confidence in what the football program is doing, has it ever been lower than where it currently feels like it is, certainly at this point, not only in the season when they finish 4-8, and eight, but just overall in the coaching staff and what is – Really, it seems like the fans don't feel like there's a sense of direction with the program. Older alums chime in as well, but the Kim Hilton, Dana Demo era was bad, was really bad. This is this is approaching that. This is some awful football. The fans right now are, are frustrated, pissed off. But if they bring Dana back, they won't care. And that's what the administration has to risk. The fans care it now enough to be pissed off. But if they bring Dana back for a second year in the Big 12, his sixth year at Houston, and probably raise ticket prices, why will fans care? Why will they care? Become, you know, it repeats next year. The next year, they don't have to lose. That's it. And see, that's no what hope. the administration has to realize. No Are they completely fixed. out of touch that they don't see what is happening and the potential of this being worse next year because they do not believe in Dana Hogerson to turn things around for the program. If you can't see that, then we can't help you. And not only part of culture, like he, like you said, he's so out of touch with media and, and being able to win that side of it. Cause that's a part of the head coach of being a part of an organization like a university. You have to be able to, and he sucks at that, in my opinion. Like, and there's no hope, man. You're not loaning that either. There's no hope. There's no hope. GB Coog, this year we were the homecoming Cougs uh, for visiting opponents. Yes. <laughs> that message, the quote that he was, that uh, Joseph Duarte of the Chronicle tweeted out, it's rinse and repeat. Um, what I mean by that, we have a lot of work to do. That quote is something that Dana Horgerson said heading into the season. And you want to know how I know that? Because it was part of our pod slime pajama intro. This is a message that he sent a season ago. And, you know, I might even pull it up and find it. We have a lot of work to do. That's something that he's consistently said. And I think t- today it was really a epitome of how the, most of the games the season have gone. As you could say they, they showed promise even though the first drive it wasn't pretty but they drove down the field and they scored a touchdown then they kind of stalled they settled for field goal and then they throw an interception they have to punt and in which uh, Lane Wilkins has been consistent all season long but even then he, his punts today weren't necessarily the greatest and it just continued the wheels came to started to fall off they went from leading 10 to 6 which by the way UCF in that first half they had a missed PAT and had a missed field goal that wasn't even close they got shanked far right and they even had a field goal blocked and somehow they were still leading at halftime 13 to 10 and that quickly expanded to 27 to 10 
and the FS1 broadcast when UCF scored the touchdown when when the Knights went up by 17, they played the the song All Aboard the Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne as they were going to commercial break. And it's just kind of fitting that the lyrics that we're playing, I'm going off the rails on a crazy train as, you know, it's cutting to commercials and Houston's down 17. It's not pretty. The offensive line on a, another pivotal fourth down earlier in the game gave up a sack that right side of the offensive line. Um, there was false starts. There was penalties all over the, the floor, the, all over the field. It was just ugly. I mean, there's no other way around it. It was just ugly. It was ugly. And I'm going to say this, and you guys and, and audience chime in as well. When the Cougs went up 7-zip, did you, any of you believe – that the, the Cougs would win the game. <laughs> I mean, did you believe the Cougs would win the game when they started out, started ahead? No. <laughs> nope. That is the problem right there. Says no. That's the problem. I didn't. I definitely didn't. And it was like when the defense, they gave up two touchdowns. It's like, you got to have a stop. Let me make the stop on fourth down. And the offense got the ball back. I can't remember exactly how. I just had no confidence they were going to be able to get a score and make it a one position game. And that's the drive they ended up settling for the field goal. He ended up making a run call. And no. <laughs> no, Chris. No hope, man. At all. And an older alum chimed in. And thank you. And I, I said it. Those two errors were worse. Kim Hilton and them were worse. But this is getting – it's getting there. And he said, you know, I think you give one more season, but I can also see an immediate change being reasonable. And let me ask you, what is the immediate change? Is the immediate change firing Dana? Or is the immediate change making changes to the coaching staff and bringing Dana back? Because I, I think they're going to try to means, sell. That means Dana getting back. rid of Doug Belk. Doug yes. Belk's going to be the fall guy. They bring back uh, Dana Horsley. I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah, I wouldn't be proud if they see be a scapegoat, but still, I don't think that would play in a factor of what we're discussing as far as the ticket sales and, and, and hoping and, and oh, Dana no. himself. <laughs> yeah, it's, I wouldn't be surprised at that, but still, just it just it would show for me, in my opinion, the lack of urgency to really become a uh, a contender from the from the higher up because you can say one one hand win American eight wins isn't going to get it done. But now all of a sudden the standard is lower. Now it's, uh, if we make a ball game six and six would be okay. Now we don't reach that. So now what's the standard? Yeah, that's it. I'm waiting for the, comments. The, the, the 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 spin. Dana has no identity for the offense, so you can never say I know we will do this well to get in position to score. That's a great point. Uh, That's a really, two, really good point. Two years in a row now. Um, actually, you could even pop going back to the 2021 season, um, but they did this much more better in 21 when they had Alta McCaskill. But Dan Orson has reiterated his desire to want to be a run-first team. He wants that to be the identity of the program. And for two years now, two straight seasons, they just have not been able to – have an effective running game, whether it be because of the offensive line, um, whatever the reason may be. And that's this season. What was Houston on offense really good at? Besides Joseph Manjack, 
who was the best players, the most consistent. Well, they were consistently inconsistent, but um, I think the only thing you could count on was oh, every yeah, now and then Joseph Andrew will make a clutch catch. I mean, he was consistent, but he wasn't their best player. Let's not go out that far. I'm talking about in terms of the – it always seemed like he made the, the best play when it comes to talent. I think Sam, you got to give the edge to Sam Brown and to uh, Toss Matthew Golden in that conversation as well. But it, when it came to consistent, um, he was the most consistent player. I wouldn't say he's the most consistent. He was most consistent in making plays that came to his number. He had a few times where he would make a few catches, but he was definitely consistent 1,000%. But I wouldn't compare him to he – well, he was more consistent than Matthew Golden in this play, but – Matthew Golden is still the better player because of his more explosive ability to make bigger plays. And so, in my opinion, it's only in my opinion. But, no, consistency, 1,000%. Well, I 100% agree with him. I think he was consistent. But the offense, I think their strength was probably their short passing game, their quick Even passing then, game. They, 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 and it could have been just because they weren't in positions to, to actually capitalize on it, but they kind of went, went away from it. Um, over the course of the season, like they did it really well uh, towards that second half or that first half against Texas Tech. They kind of showed flashes in that second half or in that first half against TCU. And then it, it and even um, to your point about Matthew Golden last season, it looked like he was going to be primed to, to take up that number one mantle spot. And for whatever reason, it just didn't happen this year. And that, that right there, um, I know he dealt with an injury at the end of the season, but that could you could make the argument that's on the coaching staff. And quite frankly, it should be on the coaching staff to see that much regression in terms of impact that Matthew Golden had this season when it comes to being an, the receiver that we saw flashes of last season. Yeah. Also, got to give credit to Sam Brown being as consistent as he was last year and stepping up and being reliable. And I think he was another player that was – one of the better players on the receiving core. But, but yeah, I think Mac go. I expect him to have a big year. Some of it, you can get the coaching staff and scheme, get him the ball in different situations in the next phase. But early on, he had a few drops. So some of it was him playing better and being more consistent, like we're talking about. And I'd say some of it was the coaching staff as well. You know, here's the question summed up right here. Are we a passing team, running team? On defense, it's pass rushing our strength. Or stopping the run, no identity, no strength, just mediocrity all around. Defensive line, they made stops at some point. Then when you probably needed a key stop, they couldn't get it done. And the fourth down and longer 20, things of that sort. The team is 4-8 for a reason. They had breakdowns in all phases at different parts of games throughout the season. And that, that, you know, that really sums up why the 4-8. Donovan Smith has some good games. He has some bad games. The defensive line has some good games, some bad games. Secondary, same. Linebackers, same. Receivers, same. <laughs> good games, bad games. Dana Hogerson. Today, Donovan Smith had 14 carries. The rest of the running backs had 17. I, I just don't like that ratio. I, I don't. I don't like it. You know, I mean, unless Donovan Smith is gassing the defense for huge plays every time he's running the ball, that didn't happen today. In that, and that's play call. Those are design runs. Most of those 14 rushes for him were design runs. They weren't like scrambles out of pressure, things like that sort. They called those. Uh, they're 4-8 for a reason. And that's why we're here talking with you guys, raging together 
about this four and eight football season. <laughs> Uh, on the topic of race, let's take a quick break. I'd like to thank each and every single one of you guys that's watching us live, whether it be on the Houston Round Ball or Pod Slam Jamma YouTube channels, or if you're watching us on the Pod Slam Jamma X channel or audio only later on on our Spotify, Apple Podcast, wherever you get your audio only versions of Let's Rage Cougs. This is Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Lazaring Law Firm. Dan Lazaring founded the Lazaring Law Firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured or arrested in the greater Houston area. Dan Lazarine understands that bad things sometimes happen to good people. Worse, false allegations are made every day with offices in Houston and Sugarland. Dan, Dan is equipped to handle your legal needs in Harris County and surrounding areas, including Fort Bend County here in Texas. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, call the Lazarine Law Firm at 281-720-8551 or visit Dan online at www.lazarinelawfirm.com for a consultation. Of course, we also like to say thank you to our secondary sponsor, which is Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. And um, some pizza could be, it could really hit right now to kind of drown in the uh, frustration of the football team. <clears throat> um, Warren Hill's comment I want to bring up. Says fire Belk, get an offensive line coach and offensive coordinator Dana back in another losing season. All offensive line coach, and my and my Nagy view was supposed to be the person that came in here and then really turned the running program, the running execution around. And instead, it was an influx of transfers from the offensive line in March. And we still haven't gotten the full story. Um, that was a head scratcher there, it's still a head scratcher now. And Who's, which player like, said this? <clears throat> I think uh, it was one of the offensive linemen. Uh, it was, a, I believe, it was the kid that went to Colorado. Because um, it was, I know, it was a transfer. Somebody who left, they tweeted that, or posted that on their social media that this was a sinking ship. Well, the Dana Hogerson football program is taking on more water. Which Dan and Andy, I got a question for you guys regarding bringing Dana back. How many players do y'all think will leave based on if Dana returns? Mm. Has Dana lost the locker room so much so that we don't know about? You know, we don't really don't, really don't know. But if he comes back for another year, will that really open up the portal and a mass exodus? Who knows? Honestly, that's a... Uh... That's an interesting question. I, I mean, you're coming off the heels of a four and eight season. I don't honestly. That's a, that's just a question that I I'm not sure. I'm not sure if there would be a huge influx um, in terms of transfers. But the, I think the biggest issue is that it's kind of like they're stuck. They're stuck, and that's kind of something that we mentioned earlier. But again, not to harp on the recruiting rankings for freshmen, which again, those come from third party sites. They're not necessarily the end all be all, but still to be worst in all of the power conferences, 101st, um, last I checked, even with the success that they've had in transfer portal transfers and transfer portal recruits that way, there's still just, there's not a lot of light at the end of the tunnel. The only light that fans are really grasping is a change, a change, a change, a change. And if it doesn't come, 
that's just more of what frustration going to boil over. There might be some sense of optimism. Maybe come the springtime, there'll be there'll be the quotes of you know we got to be better. We're going to try to be a run first team. We're going to try to do this and that. Um, it's a Big Twelve program. The Big Twelve is every game's a battle, and there's a Big Twelve football. This and that come June, July, and there'll be you know some buzz. At, we mentioned today, got mentioned the broadcast August 31st be the, the next game for the Houston Cougars football team against UNLV. Um, in a perfect world, you would expect Houston to go out and win that game against the Rebels. Uh, and then, you know, conference play starts and it might get trapped in the same cycle again unless of a change is made. Like, it's been the same thing for the past two years. It, no, correction, it hasn't been the same. It's gotten progressively worse over the course of the past two years. Yeah, and, and see, that's the problem. And, Dan, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think if they don't make a change with head coach, being stuck is worse because this is November Next game, not until August. We got, what is that, almost nine months of Dana Hogerson back. The fans won't, they won't care. <laughs> they just will not, the fans won't have any, what are we their incentive to buy season tickets next year with Dana back? So just wait for the market and <laughs> get those $4 tickets, whatever. So that'll hurt the program financially right there if you bring Dana back because the, Season ticket numbers will dwindle if you're going to tell your fans, yes, we believe Dana Hogerson is the right coach to turn things around in the Big 12. We're not going to say it, but we think we're right. Fans, you're wrong. Just trust us. Be patient with us and buy those tickets. Yeah, to your first question, Chris, I'm not sure. If like Andy, I really could really say the same thing that Andy said. I'm not really sure. What would transpire with players transfer out? It's really hard to say. But I can see them maybe some leaving, and I can see some of them being committed to Houston. Because if some of these players that transferred in and, and he got from high school are from Houston, I think there is pride with them trying to win with Houston. So that's a hard question to answer. But I think it's an unknown. You guys are spot yeah. on. Yeah. It's an unknown. And really, I, I think the only thing that would indicate Dana's lost the the confidence of the players if it's a lot, if it's a mass exodus of transfers, because you're going to get some t- turnover because of the portal. It's, a, it's just part of college football, not part of, part of college athletics. You're going to lose some players year in, year out. Now, if it becomes like 15, 20, 25 players, then you know, okay, this is not a good thing. There's bigger issues that we realized. And hey, maybe that would open up the eyes of the administration and Dana's like, you know, maybe that's what it would take to get him fired. I don't know. I'm grasping at straws here because this is just four and eight. Dayon has said it. The administration continues to move the goalpost and change the expectations. Four and eight. I just don't see how they can honestly promote this to the fan base and generate hope for next season. Yeah, how can you sell this? How can you sell this product of a football program, a football team, and a football um, leadership? How can you sell it? 
the first year in the Big 12. So, I mean, all That's the things gone. is gone. <laughs> I know. So, like, how can you sell it with this current um, head coach? I, I don't know. I don't I don't see it. And if you they don't, then like you said, Chris, it, it's more we, we know we're right. You guys just, just, just trust this type of thing. Well, here's the an eternal optimist looks like. The Rice loss still haunts. It does. But with a new staff, you still have time, have to give time for them to transition, and you have to also have realistic expectations. And, and that is the thing, though. With most changes to coaching staff, nine times out of ten, it's a rebuild unless you get a, a really good coach that can hit it out the park in that first year with retaining talent and bringing in transfers. It's kind of depending on the program, but normally nine times out of ten, it's it's kind of a rebuild a year or two after that, and so I, I definitely get that point. But I think this is a lot about retaining. If you can retain a lot of what Houston has and win, it's, it's a chance. But that's a great point right there. Andy, what do you say? 2019, 2020, 21, 22, 23. It's hard to continue to be patient when again the just belief is not there at least even if you go to a new coach uh, the comments are absolutely right it's going to require patience it, it very well could end up being a similar record to forney the difference is there's at least some hope there's some light at the end of the tunnel and i just don't see that from a majority of the fan base in the moment that that would be the difference now when it comes to um players whether they transfer out or not again there's going to always be transition when it comes to, to a new head coach the eib crabs um comment the rice loss that was at the time an all-time low for the program you know out of all the teams if there's one team i know uh athletic writer chris bethman joked at the beginning of the season if they got if they only won one game if they go one and 11 but that one win is against texas then you know maybe it would still be okay well <laughs> there's one loss that you should never have had and that loss was against rice and not only to lose to the Owls, but to be down 28 nothing at one point in that game is just, uh, you know, Rice is not a Big 12 school. Rice does not have the Big 12 resources. Rice. That's kindly saying Rice sucks. <laughs> bless, bless Rice Athletics, but Rice Stadium is, is terrible. I mean, Rice is, Rice is, is not updated. a, Rice does not proclaim to be professed to be a football program. <clears throat> Like no. Houston does. No. The <laughs> the press box creaks, the stairs are out there, well, you gotta walk Chris. in. Um But you know you know and Andy, you lost to them and you yes, lost. We're to saying them. all of that. But I mean the statement that I, I made, it really hits home because Rice, you know, they're at academic school, they do not profess, they don't say we fire coaches to go eight and four. They don't say we compete for championships. Houston does. Houston has said those things. And yet, Dana Hogerson's 4-8, and eight, and unless we are surprised, pleasantly surprised, I would say, he'll be back next season for the second year in the Big 12, his sixth at Houston, which means you're not even true to your own words. 
So are you serious about competing for championships? Serious about being a competitor in big time football? If you are bringing this man back year after year. Fans would say no. And quite frankly, when you look at the. Again, it's not an opinion. It's you look at the data, you look at the numbers. It's the trend has been um, down. There was a 12 and two season. That was the all time high. There was a 12 and two season that came. You know, there were a lot of lucky breaks. There were a lot of fortunate breaks. The, bounce, the ball bounced our way in the 2021 season. That was kind of the message last season. The ball didn't bounce. Houston's ways in a lot of games when you talk, talk about kind of the reverse of how many close games they lost. And this season, it was not even the ball bouncing. It was just uh, in a lot of games for at least a half. We're not talking about a quarter here and there. We're talking about halves where Houston just looked like it was lost. Like it didn't, it couldn't have any positive momentum. Again, we saw it in the, it was the same thing tonight against UCF where again, false start after false start after false start. seems like you can't get, it seems like not only you're playing against the opposing team, but you're playing against yourself. You can't get out of your own way. And that is all the little things that again, it, honestly, you can't blame it on the players. It has to fall on coaches. Albeit it is the players that are making these mistakes and granted today, let's be, Let's be candid. There were shorthanded. The usual starters for the right side of the offensive line did not suit up for Houston. But there comes a point where if you're making the same mistake over and over and over again, that's, I mean, that's the definition of insanity to expect a different result. And again, this is year two now where results just are not there. There's a lot of great things right there. Patrick and, Paul got slides today. Yeah, he did. He did. And, but one of the things that I, I want to elaborate on what you mentioned is this coaching staff has been in place, the head coach, and one of his things that he was selling before we came into the Big 12 was, I know what it takes to win there. Now we need the resources. They started to give resources. People started to donate money. Now we get an athletic facility. And then they have that um, one year that you're referencing where the ball bounced their way. They lost to Cincinnati. Now I know what it takes to win in the Big 12. I see the, the, the linemen that they have. And then you fall short that following year. And then now this product, and I say I like to say, one of his I don't know, reasons and how he was constantly coming into the season is having two years to prep versus when West Virginia, he was just inserted right into the Big 12. He had two years to recruit Big 12 talent that he, see, he said he knew how to identify, knew what it takes to get there. And why isn't he able to – why wasn't he able to do that and be able to win at least six games if that's the standard that they set? And, and, and like you said, I mean, like, it, it's more of the same and it's regress. You know, and it, it comes down to Tillman. I don't have confidence in Tillman. But as a, as a, a business person, a successful business person, shouldn't he realize <laughs> – what is in front of him and that the fan base has turned on Dana. <laughs> they don't, they don't have hope. Really. They don't have hope in the administration for football to make the right decision, make the tough decision. They're not going to buy tickets next year. If Dana comes back. So that will hurt the bottom line. That's going to impact vendors, place. all the, all those financial things. So Tillman, what else do you need to see before you make this move? to get rid of Dana Hogerson. And, you know, another thing, element that we're not mentioning, that um, 
Dana mentioned it's NIL money and boosters coming up. And what boosters don't want to come in not only support Dana, but, but want to really step up to support some of these players. And that's a real factor of what it takes to continue to get some of these high-quality players and keep them at Houston. And, and I think he's falling short on that because of the trust in him, in my opinion. And that's part of it. He has currently, he has the right group of folks behind him. It's not a large group. Okay, let's be real. It's not a large group. But it's the right group to support him. It's the complexion for the connection. And the thing is... I bring up this comment. Um, the quote from Dana Hogerson. He was asked if he expects to be back next season. I've got a four-year contract. Contracts mean something. If they don't want me to be a football coach, they have not expressed that to me. I want to be the football coach here. And, you know, I'm sure you want to be here. You want to get that money and keep doing That's fine. This question right here from, what is it? Alfio. I hope Tillman's paying attention because <laughs> I don't know if he's spending more time with the Rockets or what, but I hope he's paying attention to this and to the bottom line <laughs> because that's really what this decision needs to come down to is the bottom line because football, the right folks, and it's a small group, but how many of them will continue to support Dana, support the program, invested NIL for a losing product. I, that's good. That well is going to run dry soon. This is not basketball. This is not men's basketball. Okay. This is football. And Dana doesn't, he's not getting the job done for him. He can say all these things, but time and time again, he tosses players under the bus. He tosses coaches under the bus. Is that the person you want leading your football program? Is that the person you want to be the face of your athletic department? Because football is the money cow. Do you want Dana to do that? I, I, you know, y'all know where I stand on it. <laughs> so. Well, this is interesting right here. This is Dr. Rod. I'll always remember the intro press comment for Dana and what Fertitta said. He said Dana was the last head coach he would be introducing. I think he has done investing in the football program. And that could be part of, I think, Tillman, at in points in the past, he has wanted, urged other boosters to spend their money to invest in the program. He's like, I've done all this for university. The rest of y'all, y'all cut those checks. Y'all want Dana gone? Y'all pay for it. I'm done doing that. We'll see if, if that still holds true. How many wealthy boots? How many does it take to pony up that $15 million to get rid of Dana Hogerson? How many will it take? If I had it, he'd be gone today. <laughs> I don't have it, though. Let's put a, Andy might have it, but I don't, you know, I'm not sure he has it yet. We don't, Chris. We don't. Let's put a pin on it. Welcome to, or for those of you guys that are watching us live, tuning in, welcome in. As always, can never say thank you enough to all of you guys that are watching and support us, uh, whether it be on the Pod Simon Jamma YouTube and or X accounts, or of course, if you're watching on the Houston Raw Bar YouTube channel, feel free to express more support by hitting the like button and subscribing to the respective platform that you guys are consuming this episode of Let's Rage Cougs presented by the Lazaring Law Firm. Dan Lazaring founded the Lazaring Law Firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured or arrested in the greater Houston area. Dan Lazaring understands that bad things sometimes happen to good people. Worse, 
false allegations are made every day with offices in Houston and Sugarland and is equipped to handle your legal needs in Harris County and the surrounding areas, including Fort Bend County. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, call the Lazarin Law Firm at 281-720-8551 or visit Dan online at www.lazarinlawfirm.com for a consultation. Of course, we also like to say thank you to Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by at any of their locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat pizza buffet. Yeah, not when it comes to buyout money. That's that's always the big, you know, the butt, the rebuttal. You know, who has the $15 million buyout to afford uh, to have Dana Horvison not be the head coach? And if it's not going to be Tillman Fertitta, you know, putting down that money, Will it be anyone? And I think so far, there isn't. There isn't anyone that is going to step up to the plate. And well, you know. that we know of. And I, I say that only because Tillman is much more outgoing with his spending. His name is on a lot of stuff on campus. Like he really wants folks to know that he's investing so much in the university. UH does have some wealthy alums. They are more behind the scenes than Tillman. But will some of those behind the scenes alums pony up the $15 million and say, like I said, like Go Cooks, Ryan said to Go Cooks, you pay 300 grand a month for four years. If you're wealthy, and if you know it's five of you, that should not be a lot of money. It's easy for me to say because it's not mine. But if it takes that much, if it takes five people, will the, fa- will the fans care if it takes five folks to pay out Dana Hogerson to get rid of him? No, get this done. This needs to happen. Get this done because if you allow Tillman to do well, Tillman, hey, it's my money. Y'all not going to buy him off. He's coming back. Then the fans won't care. Football program will continue to just be blah at best. Next next year, world of comment. I just saw the comment about $4 tickets, something like that. $2 tickets. Was it not $1 for the West Virginia game? It got as bad as $1, yes. It did get that bad. Tickets next year, the stadium next year, will it'll be a ghost town. On TV, the TV, the Big 12 conference games will be games for the visiting team to, to shine inside the Houston Stadium. On the way, the fans will come as if they win it. And if Dana's coaching, <laughs> that does not seem likely. And that's, that, that's really seem, that's the bottom line. I mean, shoot, even when when they were winning during that 2021 season, it was hard to pack the stadium. And again, we saw it uh, on their senior night against Oklahoma State. There was a good majority of, there was a good portion of fans that were wearing orange. This, we're talking about Oklahoma State. We're not even talking about, you know, Texas Tech. Whenever they have to play here, we're not talking about Baylor. We saw it with TCU uh, showed out. And that was with the buzz of it being the first Big 12 conference game ever at TDCU Stadium. And there was still a good hefty amount of purple in the stands this year. Again, like we've mentioned, there's not going to be that lure of the first year in the Big 12. There's not going to be that lure. Hey, October 21st, Texas is coming to town. The first time in 20 plus years. Um, there's just not going to be any of that. And right now, again, coming off the heels of a loss, uh, 
can we all agree that this was not a competitive loss, by the way? You know, it's just uh, it's very subjective. <laughs> yeah. But what do we, what do we, what do we say? Agreed. Agreed. Um, yeah. okay. and, and, Andy, more to your check point. Check that box. What football, UH football, has always been a tough sell because for the most part, it's a pro town, pro football town. How the fans don't like Dana. So marketing will have to work that much harder to convince fans, to give fans a reason to come to the stadium to support the Cougs. Yeah, and like you said, they don't like Dana, and they halfway already like college football. Yeah. And so and so that's not a good mix because, of like, like Houston is not a college town. Even from basketball, you'll you pack it out, but it's not – it's not a college. It's not. A, it's right. the atmosphere is just different. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really explain, but that's those factors you definitely need to take into account. Which just adds up to what we're saying. Why make it? Why continue to make it harder on your staff, on your fan base, <laughs> by bringing this man back? If you bring in a new head coach, that the fans at least well, hey, at least they made a move. At least they got rid of Dana. At least they show like it seemed like they care. They're listening to us. So we'll give them and this new head coach a chance. Barring that, I don't hope can be restored. Yes. Barring that, whatever. I'll come back when Dana's gone. That'll be the philosophy. Kickface comment. He was offered free tickets and didn't want to go to a Houston game. Um, Tony M, start the petition now against you. I mean, you know. Against uh, West Virginia, Baylor, those were competitive conference games. We're Fellas. competitive for half against Tech. We're competitive for half against TCU. Half Rice against is, Oklahoma State. Is almost not quite two minutes away from meeting Florida Atlantic. Bowl eligible. I mean, bowl eligible. Rice. Rice football is 150 away from improving to six and six. The Cougs are four and eight. And we're talking about a school that's not known for its athletics. They're not going to be touting for its athletics. And even heading into that season, they weren't necessarily thrilled with their football head coach either. And they will finish with a better season and will be bowl eligible while Houston will not. That should be another reason <laughs> to get rid of Dana Hogerson right there. I believe it when I sit down. Oh, let me ask you. Have you changed your percentage? Because you were being nah, well nah, I'm still, I'm still, I'm manifesting right now. I think as we, <laughs> we're, we're doing our show, we still got a few days. I, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still manifesting right now. I mean, because from a logical standpoint, it does not make sense to bring Dana back. From a logical, from a financial standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. We shall see what they do. I mean, it doesn't have to be in the next five days. It should, it would help because you got the portal opening up, all those things. But just get it done. Restore hope in the football program. Tanner's comment, Rice beats their UT, which was U of H, and obviously the Cougars could not beat UT. Yeah, because Rice promoted <laughs> that went over the Cougs for like two weeks. This is our city. We That's own true. this city. They <laughs> circled know? that game. They wanted that game, especially the way last season went. I mean, they came really close to upsetting Houston last season. Spent the whole year 
you know, gnawing at that chance of being able to do that. And they look dominant for the first half. We're able to escape with the with the win. I want to bring up well, this I don't comment. Wanna, I don't want to. I don't want to rush it too soon. Florida Atlantic has the ball with ninety seconds to go, so we'll see oh. what they can do in those ninety seconds. Another quote from Joseph Doctor of the Chronicle from Dana Holgerson. With that said, I've got to evaluate everything. I mean, everything, every coach, every player, every scheme. There's a lot of things that need to be evaluated. That's 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 nice, accurate, but I could also just sum it up with duh. <laughs> I mean, you're the head coach. Right. right. Okay. Exactly. He can't reevaluate himself. So he can and, get he can if people just, they can be a scapegoat. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's so what it's gonna be. be a scapegoat, it's gonna show how but I don't know, we'll see. We'll see. And and see the 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 thing is, the fans don't have faith in Dana and his evaluations to make the necessary changes to help the program be successful next year. <laughs> so, and I'm, I'm reading the, the uh, timeline from Joseph's tweet. What about himself? Evaluate himself. <laughs> that is majority of this. Please leave him at Disney World. I don't want him back in my city. <laughs> Chris Pesman, President Tour, Tillman. Last straight Cougs, we are not yet the fan, we're fans. I see, I don't know. I don't know if we're at that point yet. Maybe we we'll get, we'll get there at some point where fans live and die with, with everything we do on Let's Rage Cougs, and we, ha- and we have tremendous influence over our, our program. And our platform continues to grow. Right, yeah, we don't have that yet. But look at the comments from the fans. During this show and on previous shows, they do not want Dana Holgerson back as head coach of your football program. These are not the premium sweet people who y'all claim you got a wait list for all those premium sweets. You know, another example of the small group of folks who support Dana, that small group, the right group. Everyone else, majority, what, what would you say it is? 90% want Dana gone? That too high? 90%? agree with that at least when it comes to 90 percent being the, the uh, vocal majority yeah, I agree. yeah just make the change get this done get rid of this man and what do you guys think of this comment from justin singleton do coaches want the uh football job i think i think it's a it could be it's a gym that coaches want and I think, I, I think so. I think Houston is a good job, in my opinion. I, I, yes, I think, because I of the location, Big Twelve, the talent, all of those things. Yeah. But maybe we need. Maybe we don't realize how much the administration does not really support football. I mean, you can talk. We can talk about facilities and they're doing all these things, but if you are content with a losing product 
how serious are you really about competing for championships? You know what, Chris? That's a great point because of even before Houston got into the Big 12, they were clamoring and wanting to be one, but they won financing and back in Houston to, to be ready to be one in case of it, the door was to open. Now that they are one, now they are um, financing in regards to a, a new facility and things along that nature. And so that's a really good point. How much do they believe in football? How much do they want to get behind it and really be a powerhouse like they say? Yeah. And it's, it's final. Rice did win. Rice is now bowl eligible. The Rice out football team going to the bowl. More Houston finishes for it and eight and will not be bowl eligible. Um, to go back to that question, I think, yes. And the reason why, going back to, again, Tom Herman, he showed that it can be done. 2014, 2015, it can be done. Now, that was obviously a, a blaze of glory. It, it ended almost as fastly as it, it built up. But that's the blueprint, and that's kind of the, um, to use the analogy, it's kind of like a lot of UH fans, if, if you really have not been able to get over Tom Herman, um, the one that got away, the one that, that, that not necessarily got away, but burned them with the way that whole relationship ended. Um, but that right there is a sample. It was a very short sample of what Houston's potential can be. And I think that's why there's a lot of frustration because when they got, again, going back to the time, um, early 2019 when Dana Horson was named the head coach, you know, coming that they, they had poached him away from a Power 5 school. You know, he's leaving West Virginia to come to Houston um, to really be able to get that program back to that level that showed it was capable of. And that just has not been the case. It's five years now. Heading into year six, um, two winning seasons, hope, three gentlemen. losing seasons. Hope, excuse me, and we have some possible hope here. According to Joseph Duarte in the Chronicle, Dana and top school officials will meet as early as Sunday to discuss his future with the football program. Hey, Chris, I'm going to be like, I told you so. Multiple sources <laughs> briefed on the situation told the Chronicle. So that's in an article on uh, the Chronicle website, etc. <clears throat> oh, I hope it happens. Me. You know, I hope it happens. Yeah, I know, man. I'm messing with you, man. Oh, no, no. Hey, <clears throat> because I go back to it back in July. I said it a lot. On, I, know I sound like a broken record. Two folks, football folks who know more football than I do, said then in July at Media Day that if Dana did not win at least five games, he'd be gone. I didn't believe it because, honestly, what reason had the administration give me you know, reason to believe it? So let's see, because he did not finish five and seven. He did not get those five wins. This season is not a success. Did not go into a bowl. We'll see what happens in the meeting with the top officials Sunday between. <laughs> because Dana clearly is going to say, give me one more chance. I can turn things around. We're close. We're this close to doing it. Or will he say, fans, and I'm going to pour cold water. Or will he just say, look, let me make changes to the coaching staff. Let some folks go, bring in different philosophy. And that, that's the reason why we didn't win this year. Me and the staff weren't on the same page. That's why we weren't as successful. But with changes to our staff, I'll get it done next year. Trust me. Just give me one more year. I can get it done. Trust me. 
I think that'll happen. So that's Dana Holgerson has definitely got to be his, uh, his. I guess, yeah. So you know, one of the two pitches he can pick. have. Yeah, yeah. One of the few pitches that he can have. But I, I'm, a, I think that meeting he's going, he's going to get the relieved of his duties. I'm, I'm going to stick to him off the sentence. I think that's going to happen. I think that that source that you mentioned referencing Chris, I think their their word is going to come true. Because how can you this? How can you sell? We want to do this. We're, we're this. We're that. With the product that you put out there, especially with the coaching and what he's done with his team. Everything we talked about throughout this entire show. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it makes no sense. You, you can't. And Chris, to count, I mean, the counter argument to the pitch that you just threw out there. I mean, again, and man, Nagavi, he was supposed to be the person that turned it around this offseason when it came to the offensive struggles, the scapegoat for the offensive inconsistencies, especially to start the season last year. Shannon Dawson, well, that's a reason why he's not here. Um, there wasn't a there wasn't a flip of the switch. In fact, again, there was a head scratcher that happened in March where there was an influx of transfers out of the program, specifically on the offensive line. Again, we still don't know what the heck happened in that situation. Only Dana and those within the program know what happened. And, you know, on defense, you know, Doug Buck has been Dana Horgerson's guy. And, again, 2021, that was something that they, whether it was they caught lightning in the bottle, they were really successful in that year. And for whatever reason, the past two years, that just has not been the case whatsoever. Um, so I don't know how valid you can you can take that counter argument or that argument that, that you brought up, Chris, if, if Dana Horgerson does indeed say that. I think it's interesting. Um, I kind of chuckled because I look at all the comments when you brought up the report by Justice Dark to the Chronicle. Joe Mendes says, here we go, maybe. Class, I, um, I knew a meeting would be coming. See, um, Nathan tweeted out the, the fingers crossed emoji. Um, this is a great question from Renee uh, Garces. What is Dana's best win at UH? Is it the UTSA game? West Virginia, SMU? So mid slash bad level, Big 12 or AAC teams are our best wins. What y'all guys think about Jeff Trailer? I'm thinking, I'm hearing he's going to get a good look at Texas and his head coaching job, state champion high school, see how you turn around at UTSA. What's some other coach? I know we, we've talked about this and threw some names out there before. Maybe Mark Stoops. Hold that thought. Because you haven't met him. That'll change hopefully in the future, being on with Willie Gibson. Michigan beat Ohio State for the third straight time. Based on, and I heard it, was it last night, Jason Tate and other Ohio State alums. If they lost today, they would fire Ryan Day. Oh, I think he's gone. So if that happens, the Aggies will go get Ryan Day. Which could be a good thing for Houston because that would leave Jeff Trailer available for Houston. And I've, I've read on, on a message board, some folks are not that high on Jeff Trailer, But one thing, he has ties to the high school football scene in Texas. Mm-hmm. And Dana does not have that connect, that bond with the high school football coach in Texas. That's a, a big selling point right there. I mean, shoot. and also uh, UTSA students voted down a referendum to have their student fees increased for the money to go to the football program. So that could be a reason for coach trailer to say, well, how committed to football are they at UTSA? 
Chibi Coop's coming too. Willie Fritz from Tulane at Tulane. The consistency he's been able to establish. Yeah. Oh yeah, I love Coach Fritz. That'd be that's a great. Name he, too. he he wanted Tulane. It took him a while. Yes, I understand that. The doubters, but Tulane had not been in the football business for for years. You talking about a man who did more with less? Willie Fritz is 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 up private school. Private school, private school and I know the agents would push for it, and that's a part of the job. But I don't see what Coach Fritz or Coach Trailer demanding for much more than what Dana's getting right now. They're not going to ask for ten million dollars a season, you know, like some coaches, like Jimbo got. They're not going to do that, and that's important too because I think UH does have some wealthy alums, but they don't have a whole lot of them. They need somebody else beside Tillman. To spend this money, but UH does not have, I don't care what Big 12 money or not, does not have the money to pay a football coach 10 mil a year and then plus the staff as well. No, not the level right now, if if ever, at any point in the future. Oh, no, this won't happen. <laughs> Come oh, on, just you, got, you, got jo- you got jokes? Come on now, that ain't happening. <laughs> if way. anyone, if anyone, I think Brian Early has to be the kind of candidate they look to do internal. But I, yeah. even then, I think Brian Early is the only one where you could you could could kind of get fan support around. Um, that would, that would, I don't see that happening. I, I don't. It'd be real a really tough, difficult sell for any internal promotion. For the fans. One, one one area that I think he will do a masterful job in is winning in media and marketing. He would be ten times better than handling the media and that's talking important. to the media, actually selling the program. And that part of it, I think once he got in front of the mic and, and be able to lead men, he would I think he would be in that aspect of it. But and the obstacle in regards to kind of how the people are viewing him in, in the defense now, I think it's unlikely. Because the next head coach will have to connect with the fans, market the program, and and let me say this, because I've been critical in this part of it as well. The football program has gotten better in terms of someone similar to well, the equivalent of Lawrence Sampson for men's basketball. They've improved in, you know, the social media, the tweets, and putting stuff on Instagram and all those things, trying to connect with a younger demographic. They need to continue that. You have to connect with your your younger alums, your students on campus to give them reason to come to the games. Because Andy, I mean, you're a younger alum, but when I was there, we didn't have thousands of dorms on campus. It wasn't for us to walk to games, you know, football games on campus. Nothing. That's a difference. That's an improvement for the program. There are things, positives for the program that need to be accentuated and a new head coach, a marketing savvy head coach could capitalize on those things to help promote the program and build on all different aspects to make this program a success in the Big 12. Another reason why Houston is such a good attraction is the culture of the city. You see how 
when um, when um, hey, who was the coach that was just coach? Um, he's at FAU now. Someone's name just kidding. Tom Herman. Herman. Herman was able to market the culture of the city. See, he went and got a grill, put a grill in his mouth when he was going going to recruit mm-hmm. in the city. And so I, that's part of the marketing aspect that Dana felt so much as to be able to identify and. and and get that younger demographic like we're talking now, which results in recruiting. And so, man, it's, it's time for a new voice, a, a new message, a, a new everything. And, you know, hey, Jack's part, comment. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Chris, but I do want to bring I, that I was up. Just going to, yeah, definitely bring that comment up. Some folks laugh at, at it, but when you saw or you, when you see the clips of Kelvin Sampson dancing in the locker with his players after wins twirling that shirt around after wins that's a connection to the fans the younger fans that's saying they're like see coach gets hyped up with his players coach look at coach dancing whether you say coach can dance or not you know coach has no rhythm it's still something that the younger fans ah coach cares about his players i believe in coach sampson coach likes to have fun with his players Coach doesn't mind looking looking silly in front of the fans, in front of the camera. Look at him. Would Dana do that? To be fair, he had either had some uh, after the bowl wins. They had had some. I, they just haven't had the opportunity to have right, some. Right. Like, yeah, well, look, and, and, that, and, that's, and that's, that's also on him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But um, so to bring up Big Jack's comment, Donovan Smith. First full season, first season period ever with the Houston Cougars. Um, had some flashes. I think we can all agree not not enough you know, consistency when it came to um, his play this season. What do you guys think of his season overall, top to bottom? Go ahead, Chris. He, he wasn't – he's not a bad quarterback. He became inconsistent toward the end of the season. But I – I'm going to put more of that on Dana Hogerson, the offensive genius, because he did not really put Donovan in position to excel at his skills as the season progressed, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't say he's a bad quarterback. Definitely inconsistent, has all the tools. I think with all the right factors around him, offensive line, a good running game, good receivers, he can be a winning quarterback. I think he can. He has the capability to do that. So I wouldn't say that he, he's not him. He wasn't him this year. But better coaching, better better offensive line, just everything. He's one of those quarterbacks that I think you got to have almost everything going right. But maybe sometimes he could be good enough to overcome some things. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough to say because he was so inconsistent. Some of his interceptions are like, you throwing it right. What are you seeing? And yeah. so it, yeah. it, it, it's tough. It's, it's tough to say. But again, to be fair. how much of that is coaching? Yeah. Offensive <laughs> so, line didn't have the best offensive line to work with. Clearly, every recruiting class or every coach should recruit to upgrade talent that was currently on the roster. So get better at your next quarterback, be better than Donovan Smith. On and on. You need to do that. But Donovan Smith, his first year starting consistently, was okay. Did he make mistakes? Yes. But if you have a head coach who's not putting you in positions to shine, 
that's on the head coach too. <laughs> okay. I mean, Donovan needs to get better. You know, Clayton Toon, we had fans criticize Clayton Toon for a while. And then end of his career, boy, look, Clayton Toon, man, he's, he is, he is a true cougar. He's, he is the best thing since sliced bread. How long did that take? Took him three years. Took him 2019, took him 2020 until the latter half of 21. <laughs> I said, I say all this, say Donovan Smith is not, and I, I, I know some fans aren't saying this either, but Donovan Smith is not the number one issue for the, <laughs> for, for the Cougar program. Yeah, he's not, he's not bad at all. Definitely consistent though, makes some boneheaded throws and some boneheaded decisions, but like, you know, he, he's the furthest from the issue. We can win with Donovan Smith for sure. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think this was his first full season being the start, like the unquestioned starter. Yeah. No he injuries, was. no serious injuries, no. You know who he kind of reminds me of? But I wouldn't, he hasn't shown to have that much talent. It's Jameis Winston. In regards to his yeah. size, his size mm-hmm. and the way he plays and inconsistent, but makes all the throws. He has the athleticism. One thing I would say that he hasn't shown that Jameis has is that beautiful deep ball. He hasn't shown that, that deep ball. But he's inconsistent. He's similar to Jameis. It's a great comp. That's a great comp. I can see that 100%. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing with, with Donovan, uh, inconsistency. It's like, again, you can, you can see, he shows flashes here and there of, you know, what the skill sets that he has. Because he does have a lot of um, just physical gifts where, again, he's tall. Um, today we saw that, that for whatever reason they began using the quarterback sneak after whatever happened that Texas from that game out to Texas Longhorns when they just refused to, to use a QB sneak up to that point. Um, he has the tools. It's just a matter of being able to bring it together. And, you know, he'll be in his senior season next year. Um, I'm not sure if he if that's it for him next year in terms of a senior, if he might have an additional one because uh, of COVID and all those rules. But I think there's stuff that where you can build on. And I, I mean, that could be an interesting point, too, in terms of, of Dana's argument, um, a pitch like, hey, we brought in Donovan Smith. He had year one offense. There's still a lot he needs to improve. If you bring in a new coach, he's either going to leave or, you know, he's going to have to start from from square one. I don't think that's enough to, to be a valid argument to to be the, the final say. But that could be another thing that he says in that in meeting if they do indeed uh, – Talk about why he should stay for the coach of the Houston Cougars. You know, Go Cougs has a tweet. I haven't listened to it yet. But he said in post game, Dana says he will have to discuss the transfer portal with around 60 current players. Dang. That's that's the whole that's team. A lot. That's the whole team, baby. That's half the team. Um, and, geez. you know, Donovan does not call plays. Okay, so that's not on him. Mm-hmm. He... You know, you, you can see him. He looks at his wrist and looks at plays on his wrist. Oh, he does not line. call plays. That's Dana's and OC. They call the plays. Donovan as a playmaker, you know, some of his scrambles and things. How do you say he's not a playmaker? He made some plays with his feet. He kept some drives alive with his feet. Some scrambles when the old line broke down in <laughs> protection. Some of the play calls. Where was the deep ball toward the end of the season? Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of shots. And you know, even last season. The the short routes kind of went away from that. The tight end option, where did that go? 
there's different things that the offense oh, offense is bad from. most of the year. Defense was the the strong point of the year. I'm going a great both sides of the ball all year. The defense would probably get a C plus or a C. And the offense got to get an F, F plus, like for their performance throughout the year. What you guys think? F plus, D minus. They had flashes. Yeah. They had some flashes. Not enough. Not Nowhere enough. near enough. You know, and that's, that's the issue. But really, this is, this is what it comes down to right there. Mm. Pathetic organization. And it, that starts at the top. Now, those aren't your words, Chris. This is from viewer. Yeah. TI7791. It starts with him. And we'll see. Maybe we will have. How about this? I don't know what time it'll happen. I'm putting because up depending on schedule, I might not be able to do it. But if the UH higher ups surprise us pleasantly tomorrow and decide to go in a different direction. Y'all want to do another Less Rage Cougs? We'll have a surprise. Yes, sir, we'll have an emergency <laughs> emergency let's show. Okay. Let's do it. On the topic, let's hear Let's hear a little bit. I won't play the entire thing, but let's hear what Dana Horgerson had to say after uh, the game. We've kind of had some quotes here and there. This is courtesy UH Athletics. This in the locker room. It's kind of sad right now. <laughs> you know, it's over for him. Uh, I just I told them I loved them and appreciate everything that they did for us. Uh, you know, it hits you when you walk off that field for the last time. It, it, it hits you. And so those guys are pretty emotional in there. Uh, really wanted to try to you know get a win. Senior night last week uh, put a lot into it, and you know, that would have been awesome. You know, to knock off Oklahoma State uh, you know, didn't get the job done, so. This is the real senior day, honestly. This is the last time that they play. So, you know, poured a lot into it. They gave me a lot of effort, you know, and our attitude was good. The game meant something. They've been answering questions all week about, you know, does this game mean anything? Yeah, it meant a lot. You know, we were playing for conference standings and all that, you know. Uh, Central Florida is a heck of a team, heck of a program. You know, they're going through the same stuff we are. I mean, they're – you know they're the they're six and six and get get to go to a bowl game. They got good players. They won a lot of games in this in this place. So, you know, disappointed how it ended. Uh, disappointed in the losing record. Um, you know, year one Big Twelve knew it was going to be tough, and it was. Uh, it's not going to get easier. So, you know, just obviously got a whole lot of work to do, and it starts Monday. Questions. Picking up on those lines in the uh, post game radio, you were talking about not happy with four and eight, not happy with losing season. Um, to all that said, when you saw, I know it's hard to encapsulate everything right now, how the season went, but just overall, though, just did you see? I mean, obviously, there weren't a lot of peaks, but did you did you feel like there was something to take out of the season that you can sort well, of? Well, just, just understanding it more than anything. I mean, you know, the University of Houston hasn't played Power Five football in a long time. You know, played power five teams sporadically, but not week in, week out. That's just that's an adjustment, and we got to keep building. You know, uh, you know, not happy with four and eight. Nobody is. Uh, I've been here before. Uh, you know, same thing happened at the other place when we transitioned. You know, and worked our way out of it. So, 
I've got complete confidence that we can work our way out of it at the University of Houston, and and we're, we just got to keep building and and you know keep improving, and and eventually we'll get where we want to be. What is the biggest thing that maybe you, you've been through the transition before? But what is maybe the biggest thing that you've learned with this group transitioning to well, kind of the same way that you see out in the other schools? It, 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 it's I mean I don't know because we're in a different time. I mean I'm going to have conversations with what's going to amount to about 60 kids on our roster next week if they're going to get in the transfer portal and leave. How many do we have to replace? You know, we got to replace 18 seniors. I know that, but how many more? I mean, I, I just yeah. turnover. I mean, it's just a different world and a different time to where you have an opportunity to, you know, change your team, improve your team every single year. I mean, I can't tell you the amount of hours that's going to go into recruiting in the next four weeks. I mean, it's a lot. It's more than we put into the season. I can assure you that, you know, so we'll start there with recruiting and, you know, it, it starts next week with recruiting our team, the current team. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's crazy. So, you know, a lot of work, but uh, we welcome that. And I'm excited about, you know, the, the one thing about no bowl is you get started for 2024 Monday. And so I'm getting started for 24 on Monday. You know, that's recruiting, that's our own team, um, that's evaluating offense, evaluating defense, evaluating special teams, uh, coaches, and schemes. He got he got his bell rung. Uh, they they waved off targeting. What Hank told me was is that it was not targeting, but he got he got hit pretty good and they think he hit his head on the ground. And so I just went up to him and said, because the kid's so tough. I mean, he's not going to show any emotion whatsoever that I could just tell that if something went right. And so we pulled him out. Uh, the, you guys were able to kind of get yourself in the scoring position throughout the, throughout the first half. All right. They started talking about game specifics. We heard um, that that comment there. 60 60 plus to have a conversation about potentially bringing them back that comment recruiting your own kids i think as as part of the the landscape now throughout college football for pretty much every team from the alabama to everyone and so i think i think that's something we can't understate and not just make it as if that's a thing or a houston problem and it is a big problem but i think so a lot of programs are, are doing that from, from all over. I think yeah. pretty much everyone, everyone. I get that, but 60? 60 is almost the entire raw. 60 well, is... Well, you know, I mean, Coach Sampson has said in basketball that in college athletics now is you have to re-recruit your current players. And that, hell, that's from a winning coach on campus at Houston. You have to re-recruit your current players to see if they're going to go on the portal line. That's a what a twelve to fifteen man roster for basketball. Football is college. What is it? Eighty scholarships. You're losing eighteen, so that brings it down like sixty five. Well, that's pretty much the whole roster. Sixty. So yeah. Then you take an account in NIL. Some of these these kids are transfers because some schools is like, hey, we'll give you. A hundred plus thousand to come over here and play. 
And so most of these kids are not going pro anyway. Some of them financially are smart to take that. Yeah. Hopefully they have the right team around them to be able to invest, but it's a lot of factors that go into it. And that was the I, report. I think that's a true issue. The report with uh, Matthew Golden, I think it was the Chronicle, said that Golden had been offered seven figures by a different program. Six figures. Um, six figures. Six figures. Yeah. Um, yeah. So he said Monday. Monday he gets to be- to work. Well, hopefully starting not. for the twenty twenty three season. Yeah, hopefully yeah, I'll tomorrow. And meet no Sunday tomorrow. Yeah. So and and see that uh, might be his his another selling point. You give me one more year. We got to re recruit our our current roster. So if you fire me now, what is the new head coach going to do? How's right. it going to have time with- to re recruit? You know. That's something we talked about earlier when we mentioned. That's the challenge when you do bring in a new coach. They're going to have to re-recruit not only the current roster, but the other roster. And I think that's something that Herman did well in an interview that we did with Stephen Dunbar chain on our YouTube channel. He mentioned that Herman was surprised with the level of talent that Houston had and realized that if he was able to keep some of them, they can win now. And so I think Houston has a ton of talent. I think they really need a few uh, – uh, a lot more bodies up front, offensive line, defensive line, the skill-wise and the depth behind them, some of the recruits, I, I think they have it. But it's just things that Dana, in recruiting, you bring in young players, but then you're bringing a player older than them, so now they don't even develop. Like, for example, yeah. you go and, – and he, he sees them more than I do, and so I'm just, just from the outside looking in. Look at the running back perspective, Alton Lees, but you still got Brandon Campbell. You still got Stacey Snead and you got Parker Jenkins and the other recruits that you brought in. So why go get an upperclassman that takes away from handoffs from like Brandon Campbell? These are places you can develop um, in your current roster from Houston that you recruited here versus just bringing in a senior here. And then you got from just different things like that. And you see why players would leave. And you make us think what's going on. It's just a chaos in the scene. It's a great point um we're gonna start to wrap things down i mean that's still so much that, that we could uh, continue to talk um obviously we'll keep posted on whatever the outcome whatever happens surrounding the quote-unquote meeting between dana Hoyerson and the uh administration on sunday um one of two things will happen either dana Hoyerson does indeed get back to work on monday and then starts recruiting for the 2024 season or um we might have the entire um, we might have a special show tomorrow Sunday whenever um, news breaks so we shall see um, as always I'd like to thank everyone that has taken the time to watch comment you know like retweet any form of support of today's episode of Let's Reach Coops presented by the Lazaring Law Firm Dan Lazaring founded the Lazaring Law Firm to provide legal representation to individuals who have been injured or arrested in the greater Houston area. Dan Lazaring understands that bad things sometimes happen to good people. Worse, false allegations are made every day with offices in Houston and Sugarland. Dan is equipped to handle your legal needs in Harris and Fort Bend County. If you have been injured or find yourself in other legal trouble, call the Lazaring Law Firm at 281-720-8551 or visit Dan online at www.lazaringlawfirm.com for consultation. Or feel free to say thank you to our secondary sponsor, Star Pizza, with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game. Be sure to stop by any of their locations every Tuesday during lunchtime for an all-you-can-eat buffet. You can find me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Aonis underscore 5. Most importantly, be sure to hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you're supporting 
us, whether it be on Pop Simon Jam and YouTube or the Houston Round Bar Review YouTube. And Big Jack's comment sums it up. I guess it's officially basketball season now with football in the rear. You mirror, Chris, I'll toss it over to you. May, 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 may not be, though. But thank you very much for Less Rage Cougs fans for, for your support and your comments today. And I think this is Small Business Saturday, so support Less Rage Cougs and merch, buy merch from LRC and buy merch for Houston Round Bar Review, all those things as well. But I said it may not be the end of football season for the Cougs because based on the result of the meeting Sunday, we might have one more to show. discuss <laughs> a, a, a change at head coach. But as always, thank you very much, everyone, for your time, taking time out of your afternoon to spend time with us and rage with us on this edition of Less Rage Cougs. Basketball season, next game is Friday, Friday, right? December 1st yes, sir. at Xavier. Biggie's challenge. But, and that'll be the last one of those. For different reasons, but yep. Um, follow me on Houston Round Bar Review on Instagram, TikTok, Spotable, Threads, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Thank you very much, buddy. Take care. Yeah, appreciate all the support throughout the entire year. Everyone who joined on today, let's hope to see you guys join us one more time tomorrow, like Chris just hinted at, pending Dana Hogerson um, being relieved of his duties. But it's been a good season. Uh, appreciate every show, everyone joining on, every comment, everyone. Continuing to support us. Now, Andy, like Andy said, the comments. Basketball season. Can't wait to continue to watch this team grow. But it's always go through, baby.